Hi everyone, Isha here. Just wanted to let you know you can find us on Twitter at Pod. I wanted to also thank Barbara Daly for the art that she's provided for this podcast. And lastly, I wanted to apologize for any weird noises that you may hear in the background during the episode. Bear with us, we're doing our best. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode, we'll be doing a character analysis of Sailor Mercury, aka Ami Mizuno. So, we were just talking about this before we hit record, but in the first arc of Sailor Moon, in the Dark Kingdom arc, there's not really a lot of Ami backstory or focus on her. Um... So there's not too much to say. <laughs> I think it's really it was really just uh, them establishing the characters, and a lot of the focus was on Isagi. She is established right away as um, she has a lot of parallels to the token smart character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think. I mean, you saw that a lot in Western media at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she deviates in that she doesn't sit there and spit random facts and belittle people. Because I felt like mm-hmm. that was really common in the Western version of the smart character, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, when it when it comes to the Western smart character, it's gone an evolution where the nerds were smart, but completely socially awkward and had no social skills. And so they were always made fun of despite their genius-like intelligence. And lately it's just like, I'm so smart, like, I'm definitely smarter than you. And so it's turned into a lot of arrogance. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, like, genius characters are coded as being on the autism spectrum without out- outright saying they're on the spectrum. Um, but Ami is the Japanese ideal. Because, again, Sailor Moon is a very Japanese show Japanese story Japanese manga <laughs> um so in Japan a lot of Ami's traits of being very intelligent quiet pretty um you know it's she's the ideal Japanese female student yeah and in her character design you know you see that she's got really short you know kind of a pixie cut and I think that's to reflect just the kind of practical person she is, because that's a really easy hairstyle mm-hmm. to maintain. Uh, mm-hmm. In the West, you see a lot of people kind of look at blue hair as something really uh, nerdy, strange, geeky. But I, mm-hmm. um, I mean, most people when they want to dye their hair for the first time, they're either blue or pink. Yeah, but I, you I, know. I feel like I feel like when it comes to anime, hair color is more to distinguish the character rather than to really represent this girl runs around with blue hair. Like blue hair is normal in this world, you know? Yeah. I think really the blue hair is because she's Sailor Mercury and right. um the the word for Mercury in Japanese is Suise, which is water star. Mm-hmm. And Mercury's powers are all water slash ice based. So I feel like the blue is specifically because she's water related. 
Yeah, but it, it really doesn't contribute to her personality as in like, oh, she's got blue hair. She's quirky. It has. It, oh, it's yeah, not, not even acknowledged. She just has blue hair. <laughs> yeah. If if someone's new to anime, like if you're a main character, your hair color is generally going to be different from most people. Right. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't that that's how you distinguish them as a main character or an important supporting character. Like background characters all have black hair <laughs> because yeah, Japanese people have black hair. And that's why Usagi is blonde. She's not blonde because she's mm-hmm. a white girl. She's not a white girl. Guys, Yeah, she's not a white girl. <laughs> yeah, but taking it back to Ami, when it comes to her name, and I don't think we talked about this with Isagi, but Mizuno Ami. So the way it sounds, Mizuno, so since in Japanese, like, the, the word, the syllable no is possessive, so it's just like, this is my book. It's Watashi no Hon. So Mizuno, like... Even though the kanji are different, the kanji means, like, water or, like, field or plains. Um, the way it sounds, sounds like Ami of the water. So and it's a play on words. The kan- It's a play on words, and, like, the Japanese love their puns, especially when it comes to kanji. And her first name can mean, like, the first name, the two kanji, the second... Kanji means beauty, and the first one can either mean Asia or, like, next rank, like, second rank. So, like, technically her first name is, like, either Asian beauty or, like, second rank beauty. Oh, so there's there's kind of multiple meanings to her name, because you were saying mm-hmm. how she kind of fits the Japanese ideal. She fits the Eastern ideal. So mm-hmm. maybe that's playing off of that as well. Oh, yeah, she's really, she's graceful, she's beautiful, and in, like, unlike in the West, where it's just kind of like, if you're smart, you can't be pretty, mm-hmm. uh, that does not exist in the East. It's like, if you're, if you're pretty, it's good if you're, if you're, you can be smart and pretty. Yeah. You know, there's not, you can't be, like, you can't be either smart or pretty, you can't be both, like, that's not a thing. You can be both. You want to be both. You should be everything. <laughs> you should be everything. Um, especially when it comes to school. Like, literally, one of the first things she says about herself is, I'm only good for studying. Yeah. Like, that's what she, that's what she says to Usagi verbatim. Um, and it's, it's a little heartbreaking because she's 14. And she's clearly a genius, but, like, all of her energy is poured into doing really well on tests and even though she's the ideal japanese schoolgirl or like the ideal japanese child essentially she doesn't come from an ideal japanese family mm-hmm. um this is expanded a little bit more in the second arc of sailor moon but we find but we find out kind of like towards the latter third of the arc that her parents are divorced and she lives with her mom and her mom is a doctor mm-hmm. and she's always alone because um you know, they bring the the holy sword from the moon to her place to analyze it. And they're kind of like, what about your mom? And she's like, she's always at work. And <laughs> she ain't um, gonna see it. Aww. Right. She's like, this, this isn't a problem. Like, my mom's never here. And 
in Japan, like to us from our standpoint, that's really messed up. But in Japan, um, children are very independent at an early age. Like kids walk to school, take the train to school, like at six, you know? Yeah. They don't have a parent taking them to school. They, they, they navigate their town by themselves. So there Oops. are a lot of Japanese kids who are at home by themselves because their parents are at work. Yeah. And it, um... Especially in a single-parent household. Yeah, it makes it makes sense, too. I, I think we actually hover around our children a little bit too much in the West. Um, mm-hmm. Like, people are criticized for letting their kids slip out of their sight for, like, ten seconds. But kids need to learn independence, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. She probably needs a little bit more parental supervision. She shouldn't be, like, 14 and be like, oh, yeah, my mom's not going to see this magical sword in the place because she's never here. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, her mom is a, her mom is a doctor. And yeah. she's a single parent. So, it makes right. sense. And she's old but, enough uh, to, to look and she, to feed herself yeah, and go to school. She's old enough. And, again, this was the 90s. So, like, especially in 90s Japan, like... One, it was strange to have a single parent. Um, and then two, like, it's not strange for her to be by herself. Yeah. So one thing that blew my mind as a kid was uh, the concept of cram school. Because mm. Ami is a genius. She goes to school. She does crazy good in school. And then she goes to a cram school. And... When I was younger, I kind of thought maybe that was more like a like a study hall, like supplemental, but mm-hmm. it's just more school, right? <laughs> what is it? I mean, it's not more school. They okay. are it is it there are they are meant to be supplementary classes. Okay. It's basically school, but it's not connected to your school. That's why there's different businesses. Like cram school is a business. Um, And that's to help people do better on their exams, not just in school, but also for high school entrance exams, college entrance exams. Um, And a lot of Japanese people will will let loose. Yeah, it starts in elementary school because you have to take exams to get into middle school. Right. That's what I was going to ask about. I was going to ask. So middle school and high school, unlike here, actually have entrance exams. Yeah, middle school, high school, and college. Um, Are they private you, schools, or is that just the cram? The cram schools? No, the um, the no, high this is and this is for schools. no, this is for all of them, private and public. Wow. Yeah, I don't know that she needs cram school. Uh huh. You know, I think it's just she does it because it's expected. Right. In her introductory, she's like, it's harder for me to study with this crystal disc. It's easier for me to study on my own. Yeah. Um, so that's getting into um, part of the story. Her, right. When she's but, her you know, That's her powers kind of coming through. But, you know, it's really just her fitting into the mold that's set for her. It's like, this is what is expected of you. And I think coming from a divorced background, having no other siblings, um, being alone most of the time i think for her there would be more pressure to be the perfect daughter because Mm -hmm. her family's not perfect um 
but she's still she's just a sweet she's a sweet girl and like the surface level stuff that we know like the first thing that comes to mind when people talk about Sailor Mercury's She's got genius level intelligence. Like she is crazy smart. She's smarter than literally everybody in the world. But she's still a 14 year old girl. She's shy. She's polite. And I don't think she's bad at anything. Uh, She does. I can't remember. Well, in in the manga, she does get hives from love letters. So she's bad. Well, that's not being, that's, (laughs) that's not being bad at something. That's just, that's just having anxiety. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. You know, it's just like if there's if there's like a task or something she wants to do, like she can do it. She's good at video games the first time she she gets to it. She's good at cooking. She's good at baking. <laughs> she's yeah. not like at the same level as Sailor Jupiter, but like she's still good at all of it. And I think part of it is because she was had to be more independent at a younger age. Just yeah. because like how Japanese families are supposed to be structured, like how like society pressures families to be structured is that the dad works and the mom stays at home and takes care of everything. And so obviously that's not the case for her because her dad's out of the picture and her mom is at work all the time. So she kind of had to be her own mom in a way. Yeah. You had to grow up. So maybe that's why she's good. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why she's good at everything because she had to be. Yeah. Yeah, but she's, yeah, she is overall a very well-rounded individual. Um, Her specialty Mm -hmm. is certainly when it comes to, you know, book smarts. You know, I think the only thing she's, I would say she's bad at is when it comes to really, like, expressing herself and making friends. She really doesn't start making friends Mm -hmm. until Usagi comes along. In fact, um, I think both in the anime and the manga, uh, her fellow students tend to see her as kind of a freak, kind of um, standoffish, kind they, of stuck up. They make those assumptions. They see her as in- as intimidating. Yeah, she's usually yeah. always alone until Usaki approaches her. Right. So, I mean, if she does have a weakness, I would se- certainly say it's social, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is polite, like, once you start talking to her, but it, it, most people, it seems like they just like- didn't find her approachable. <laughs> Right. She's exceedingly polite. And this is something that's kind of touched on across all adaptations, which is that um, when Luna first approaches her, she talks to her um, in formal Japanese (laughs) instead of, you know, like you would talk to a kid or an animal. She talks to Luna in formal Japanese. (laughs) And it's just like, you don't know that she's magic yet. So... (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to be uh, respectful towards this cat because she's a stranger and I don't know our relationship yet. <laughs> exactly. She's very, she's very, uh, she likes a hierarchy, our Ami. Um, yeah. But when she meets Usagi and becomes Sailor Mercury, she does start to blossom more. Unfortunately, we just don't see it really in the Dark Kingdom arc, except for I think in the anime. Yeah. In the anime. There is, during the Rainbow Crystal arc, uh, they have a fellow classmate. Well, he's in the same year as them. I don't think he's in the same class. But um, Ryo Urawa, I don't remember what he's called in the English dub. I think he was Greg. They had the most bland names. For they, had the, they had their love interest. They really, it's like they Greg, really did. I think it was Kyle. It's was like, it? what's the name? Greg. 
he's Greg. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was Greg. I don't remember. Um, it doesn't matter. But yo, they didn't care. Why should he, we care? <laughs> they didn't care. It's not being used since. You know, this is like a, tw- what, 20, 30-year-old <laughs> name that they yeah. probably just like, pick a name out of a hat. Greg. Okay. <laughs> Can we give him the original name? No, that's too Japanese. No. Rio? Like, nobody knows how to say that. I mean, there's lots of people who, when they see that, would say Rio, and it's like, there's no I there. That's not how. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go into. That's a whole nother Japanese linguistics. Yeah. But anyways, but he's a class, he's a, a classmate of theirs or a yearmate of theirs. And he's one of the people who has one of the rainbow crystals in him. But he's also the only person who's aware that he has like the crystal in him and that he's a Yoma. And it gives him like special powers. It gives him psychic powers because that's the first time Ami doesn't come first in an exam because he uses his psychic powers to do better than her. Cause they list the exam results mm-hmm. on a board. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in Asia, pretty much all of Asia, all of your exam results are listed publicly. You don't have privacy of your grades. That's all public knowledge. That would be so horrifying. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. Like they're, they're using shame to get kids to do better on their tests. But because, like, this is the... But anyway, this is... But we're not going to talk about... That's for our other morals. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Like, I'm not going to... Like, there's a lot of cultural stuff there, and I'm not going to go into it. But that's what happens. And so he scores higher than her, and that's, like, the first time that everyone's shocked, and she's shocked. And he comes to her, and he's just like, hey, so I know you're Sailor Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) Um... And there is, like, there is kind of romantic tension, because they are friendly towards each other, and there's definitely more on his part that he does like her, and I think he scored higher than her specifically to get her attention, um, because he knows he has that rainbow crystal inside of him, and that it's, that it contains a Yoma, and that he is dangerous. Like, he he asks her to kill him, because he knows that what's inside of him is very dangerous. They don't, obviously, so yeah. he, yeah. you know, does her thing, and she moon-healing escalations, and he's fine, but, um, and then he transfers, and we never see him, we see him, like, one more time, but, um, he's not really important after that, but that's, like, the only time, I think, really, in the first arc of the anime that I can think that Ami had something that was more than just, she's smart, and is tactical and does stuff because in the first arc like her only attack is bubble spray yeah or shabon spray and that's mostly just fog it's more of a um what is it called like an atmosphere effect like (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you're you're... yeah it's definitely more defense than offense she gets an offensive attack in the next in the next arc at least in the anime in the manga she does have like an actual attack yeah Later on, though, doesn't she get one attack way before everybody else? Aqua Ras- uh, Rhapsody? Anyways, well, that's yeah. Later, she's later the on. she's the first one to awaken as Super Sailor Mercury, but that's, that's way later. Right. Okay, yeah. that's for another time. That's for another time. That's when um, she but she starts is getting the attention she deserves. <laughs> yeah, but she does get extra accessories that the others don't. She has her visor or those goggles. 
that come up and those basically act as a scanner um, on their enemies so she can find weaknesses. And Luna gives her a mini computer. And um, I don't think we ever find out how this mini computer works. Magic! Um, It basically has, like, the internet before the internet was really... I mean, like, the internet existed, but not as we know it. Yeah. Um, But it's really just, like, this little tiny laptop. And when Luna gives it to her in the anime, Ami's like, oh, are you sure? You know, like, this looks important. And Luna's like, what, like, I'm gonna give it to Usagi? (laughs) It's like, like, Usagi's gonna know what to do with it. We're giving it to the adults in the room. Please take it. <laughs> it's just like, come on. We we both know you're the one who's who's gonna like get any actual use out of it. I don't remember if she gives that to Ami before or after Ray comes on the scene, but like Ray's not gonna use it either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ami's the obvious choice when it comes to a, a tech like that. Mm-hmm. Cause she's she's responsible. <laughs> and she um and unlike uh, Ray, anime version of Ray, she's not as uh, emotional either. Because Ray, Ray in the anime can be very hot-headed. Mm-hmm. I think really with Ami, um, I think Ami and Ray like relate to... Because in the West, according to Greek mythology, Mercury is the Roman name for the Greek god Hermes, who mm-hmm. is the messenger god but also the god of, like, thieves and mathematics and wisdom, kind of. So, like, when she does her thing... So, Sailor Moon says, like, um, soldier of love and justice, right? So, Mm -hmm. for Mercury, it's soldier of water and wisdom. Yeah, um, Hermes and Mercury, later on in, like, medieval times and stuff like that, is associated a lot more with uh academia um he's i'd have to look this up some more but uh like the hermetic order of the golden dawn groups like that so a lot of secret societies that had like open and free thought uh venerated hermes and mercury specifically so Mm. yeah but that's um that's more of a something you find later on uh but yeah right but it it sorry what? But it ties into it ties into how Ami is presented, right? Because, right, for sure. Because it's not just like Suisei is the water planet, and so she's water. It's also taking from the Western ideal, and you see that with her sun sign and her blood type, which mm. are basically the same descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> because she's September tenth, which makes her a solid Virgo, and her blood type is A, which, as it turns out, is the most common blood type in Japan. Oh, is it? Yeah. And so blood type A is described as sensible, detailed, detail-oriented, organized, timid, anxious, reserved, and perfectionists. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the sun sign for Virgo is generally described as practical, humble, grounded, also sensible, detail-oriented, organized. And that's what she is. <laughs> like, more than I think any of the others, Ami is very representative of her blood type and representative of her sun sign and representative of like this Japanese ideal woman. Um, But she has such a small presence because in Japan, she's quite popular. And so when Sailor Moon was being published and when it was airing, she was only ever eclipsed by Chibi Moon, who we'll talk about 
in the next series. Um, but otherwise, she was pretty much the most popular. Whereas in the West, she was ranked pretty low. Everyone's favorite was Mars, not Mercury. Yeah. And I, I think that makes sense because we, um, again, we have our own smart character trope and they often are uh sidelined you know they're there like they exist for exposition (laughs) you know yeah the the classic like smart character says something in in technical speak and someone says and in english and it's like they they literally explained it to you you basically just need an eighth grade education to understand what they just said but okay but Um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna stroke the audience's ego because they actually understood it, so... Yeah. It's like, but, you know, like, we know that the majority of people watching this aren't actually going to understand what's being said unless there's a laugh track, uh, which means they don't have to understand it, but... But yeah, uh, I think Umino fits that, that archetype a lot more. Yeah, um, because he's he nerdy, and he's kind of creepy. He's very urkel esque He is very much so... But he's, like, everyone acknowledges that he's smart, but he's not cool at all. Like, he tries too hard. Yeah. And people recognize that. Because in Sailor Moon, like, Naru is also acknowledged as being pretty smart. Like, she, like, she's not on Usagi's level. That's why she, like, tries to lift Usagi up every so often. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's smart too, but, like, people like her because... I don't know, she's not as tryhard and kind of creepy like he is. Yeah, well, she's she's cute and humble. She's not over the top. Like, Umino showed up at Usagi's house to show off his test score to Usagi's mom. Like, who does that? Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't... He must be some kind of neighbor or something. Yeah. It's never well, really explained yeah. why he would stop at her house. In the anime, they're like, it's because he has a crush on her that's not really evidenced in the manga. Uh Uh-huh. You know? So... That would make sense to me if they'd known each other since, like, kids or something like that, you know? Right. And it stands to reason that, like, most people who go to Juban Middle School probably went to, like, a Juban Elementary School. Right. Because there's... Because there's usually, usually schools um, are compounded, where it's just like you're just going into the next level. Right, right, right. So chances are they probably were in classes before then, because she's very familiar with him. Yeah. There's no like, oh, he's this kid, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, no, it's, you know, like, it's this asshole. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's this guy again. Yeah. Yeah, Like her mom mom would know him. him. Her mom probably knows his mom. And that's maybe yeah. why he pro- he might pass by like her house on the way to his house, and yeah. you know maybe her mom asked him questions and he's like, oh yeah, we got a test back, and she's like, oh what'd you get? And he's like, oh I got a ninety five. So he might not have like purposefully gone to her house to be like, look at my test. Um, Either way, thanks, Umino. <laughs> <laughs> but no one sees it she as a weird hit thing. It. Yeah. But then Ami comes on the scene, and Usaki's grades do improve, because we never really see, like, it's definitely a, like, she's still not good at school, but we never see her get, like, a 30% on her tests after that. And she gets into high school. Because Ami teaches her how to study. 
Yeah. So that's not even like an issue. There's no like, oh my god, am I going to get into high school? Am I going to pass the exams? That's not a major That is an issue. That is still an issue. (laughs) But it's not like a, it's not a whole, it's not an arc unto itself like it would have been in Western media. Yeah, it's not a, it's, it's an issue because they're worried about getting into high school because of all the stuff that they have to do with Senshi. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, Ami and Rei are like, we're fine. Um, and it's, (laughs) it's Usagi, Makoto, and Minako who are like, we're screwed. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because they're, they're not, they're good people. They're very capable. They're good at what they're good at. And that's valuable and important. But Japanese society does not see it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And I think, too, it, it says something that Ami is privileged because her mom is a doctor. And they have they live in a penthouse. They ha- They live in a very expensive apartment. So she has money, not as much as Ray does, and we'll talk about Ray and her whole thing in the next episode, but she is well off. Like, when they come to her house with the sword, they're like, let's test how hard it is, and she takes a diamond ring and it breaks against the sword, and the others freak out, and she's like, my mom has lots of diamond rings. She's not gonna miss this one. Yeah, and that says a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that her mom, that she's like, don't worry about it. Like, my mom's not going to notice a diamond ring being missing. It's fine. So compared to, you know, three-fifths of the Senshi team, she's really well off. Yeah. She is upper middle class. Yeah. You and get to, um, you get to the outer Senshi and then you have just a flat out rich <laughs> kids. But we'll then get you there. Get to the, then you get to the outer Senshi. And uh, it's like comparing a billionaire to a millionaire. Yeah. It's like, that's cute. Uh, (laughs) But do you own a helicopter? They're just like, "Mm, check me out. Uh, There's a really great, there's a really great thing, but that has to do with characters that we are not introduced yet and won't be introduced to for a while. So (laughs) we'll talk about this in our personal time. (laughs) Yes. Not right now. (laughs) But Mercury... Yeah, um, I think one of the defining things for Mercury is in the last couple episodes of the anime, when they go to the mm-hmm. North Pole to fight Queen Beryl and Queen Metallia, because she's the one who dies first, but she's the one who takes charge. She's like, this is what we have to do, because she's got her, go- she's got her goggles, her, um, visor or whatever and she has her computer and she's calculating out like what do we have to do to win and she realizes like the d girls are specifically created because there's four of them they're specifically created to take out each of the inner senshi she's like this is what we have to do and she goes for it and she does a lot of damage and she kills off one of the d girls at the cost of her own life and she doesn't regret it but she's the one who goes first and i think that says a lot about who she is because the other girls are like, what? We can't do this. And she's like, this is the only way. This is what we're And here. she does it. Yeah, and she does yeah. it. And the others follow yeah. in her footsteps. You know, they each die to the D girls as it goes on. Um, but she's the one who's like, no, like, it's not about us. It's about the earth. And it's about getting Usagi to where she needs to be to stop this. 
Yeah. She's like, she's the only one who has the power to stop this, and we have to make sure she gets there. Yeah. And I love that about her, because she's often, like, ridiculed, especially, like, with American fans as being the weakest, but they could not manage without her. Yeah, well, I feel like um, quiet characters are very underrated here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the boisterous characters that are standing up for everything, and and it's just because they're the louder voice. You know, they don't mm-hmm. appreciate um, the, well, unless it's a man, they don't appreciate the stoic types, you know? Male characters can have two lines and be awesome, you know? Male characters just have to stand there and, like, brood and have long hair and yeah, be kind of good at everything but not show off about it. And they'll have, like, a massive fan base. And it's just, like... yeah. I don't know why, but Sashomaru from Inuyasha comes to mind, and it's like, this dude is a literal demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really doesn't do it. It's like, guys, this guy is, like, th- this dude is a literal demon. Like, he saves one human kid. He's killed yeah. thousands more. <laughs> but yeah. we're all cool. We're all cool and with for anybody, For anybody who wants to argue his character arc, uh, that happened... His popularity spiked before he had any character development, okay? His popularity <laughs> spiked when he showed up. And yeah. in fairness, he looks way cooler than Inuyasha. So. He does. <laughs> it's the fur. He does. He's he's not just running around with a pair of cat ears. <laughs> they're dog ears. Inu. Inuyasha. I know what they're called. <laughs> but look at those and tell me those are not cat ears. I mean, have you looked at an Akita dog? Have you looked at anyone wearing Neko Mimi? There's no. Like, Akita dogs have ears like that. Okay. Anyway, this isn't an Inuyasha podcast. <laughs> and it never will be. And there won't be one. <laughs> not from us. <laughs> like, no. Mm-mm. Rumiko Unless- Takahashi, you burned me one too many times. Unless this is what you want from us. <laughs> I mean, you can do that on your own. <laughs> we want to see. We want to see your hate. <laughs> Becomes I'm a not, sick podcast. I, I can't do it. It's just going to be me, like screaming about how Sango is the only good character in the entire show. Um, <laughs> back to Ami, who has no relation and is definitely greater than all of these people. There's not really too much to say about her when it comes to this time around. So I think this will be a, a shorter episode. Yeah. We love her. She's the one who has the birth- birthday closest to you, but to you me. do not identify with her at all. <laughs> I like her. You like her, but, but do you not. identify with her? No, but I, I, I bought a pin. I bought a pin that's a, a Sailor Mercury pin for when I have hmm. to do, like, testing so <laughs> that it could be, like, channel the power of Mercury. <laughs> Um, Sailor Mercury was the senshi that I was most compared to as a kid. Um. Yeah. Because I was smart, and she was smart, and that meant we were the same person. Uh, and I had short hair as a small child, so it's just like, you have short hair and you're smart, and she has short hair and you're smart, and that means you're always Sailor Mercury. And I'm like, I do not identify with this character at all. (laughs) Um, although looking, looking, looking back, I was very similar in that I was shy, I was polite, I was, you know, smarter than yeah. the other kids in my class. But I was like, no, I don't see me in her at all. I like Jupiter more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can say is uh, um, having met you in high school, I definitely saw the the Ami comparison, and it was more than just the intelligence. You know, yeah. it, it was, um, it, you know, you you were slow to make friends, but mm-hmm. once you had friends, you were incredibly loyal to those friends, incredibly protective to those friends. But and I feel like that applies to Jupiter as well. <laughs> it does, for sure, for sure. But um, I think those parallels kind of come out in that. But, mm-hmm. like, I saw Jupiter, too. Um, especially, yeah. like, as as um, I got to know you better and got to know, like, your love of baking and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, which will be, we'll save those details for Jupiter. <laughs> I'm excited for her episode because I love her a lot. She's super cute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jupiter, sadly, the most maligned character of Sailor Moon. But <laughs> not maligned, How just for- that- Not maligned, just How forgotten. How happen? She's, yeah, she's neglected. She's neglected. Everyone neglects Jupiter, and, uh, they're for sleeping no on her. For no good reason. For no special. good reason. She's perfect. I love her. She's scared of airplanes. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking more about, um, Ami in- at once we get to Black Moon- um, because mm-hmm. even though our time with her is pretty short, we get a lot more time with Venus in that one. Um, she's very cool in what she does in that arc. <laughs> and that's the thing that persists. Like, she's always cool, except for that one story where somebody gives her a love letter. <laughs> it's really cute. So cute. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about um, Ami-chan no Hatsukoi. Ami Chan's first love. Yeah. When they ask her, like, what her ideal man is, she's like a young Albert Einstein, and it's like, girl, <laughs> you were 15. <laughs> you know Einstein. that's not the case. It's like, girl, you are 15, and Albert Einstein is dead. Right. He was also a notorious womanizer. Like, have. Be better. <laughs> be so better, You're Ami. just saying that. You're just saying that because he's smart. It has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, absolutely not. It's ridiculous. It's just like, I want it because you came up with the theory of relativity. And it's like, I get that. But like, it's like saying like, I'm in love with Nikola Tesla. It's like Nikola Tesla cares more about pigeons than he cares about other human beings. So. But uh, at the same time, I could totally see a teenager saying that, you know? Yeah, it tracks. Yeah. It tracks, but I don't have to like it. (laughs) They will, teenagers will say cringy things like that. Oh my god, blah 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 is so cute. It's like no, yeah. It's not. I still say that, and I'm an adult. <sighs> At least now I can recognize. Like I find them cute when someone's like, "Really them?" And I'm like, "Okay, I acknowledge that they're ugly, but to me, they're attractive." Yeah, there's more. There's other aspects there. Yeah, but yeah, that's Salem Mercury. Uh, our cool, collected, intelligent water girl. Yay! Yay! Uh, in the meantime, if you guys have any questions, or if you want to give us something to talk about, you can email us at oshiokiyothepodcast at gmail.com. That's O-S-H-I-O O-S-H-I-O O-K-I-O <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna redo that. You can email us at Oshiokiyo the podcast at gmail.com. That's O S H I O K I Y O the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're working on getting other socials put together, um, but that'll come later. Uh, and until next time, skinny go at that.
Oh, siap-siap, ya. Siap, siap.